This episode of the Mother Loving Future Show is brought to you by Amber Lestrange and Jenna Penrose with JMO 5000 Productions. Hi guys, welcome to the Mother Loving Future Show. This is Amber and Jenna. Jenna. And today we are discussing healing from a horrible breakup. Hmm. It's, it's a tough one, but we're going to get through it, <laughs> yeah, hopefully. together. If you guys are interested in this topic and want a few more details on it, visit themotherlovingfutureshow.com for our show notes. Actually, it's themotherlovingfuture.com. Didn't I just say that? It's okay. What? But just, I just said that. No, you said themotherlovingfutureshow.com. Oh, did I? That's okay, though. Oh, it's themotherlovingfutureshow at <laughs> themotherlovingfuture.com. Good catch. That's okay. See? We're perfect for each other. Yes, we are. Okay, Jenna, hit us with your definition. Okay, so my very simple definition to healing horrible breakups. You think your life is over, but in fact, it is a great opportunity to rebirth and rebuild a better you. Remember, rejection is protection. (laughs) Is that cheesy? No, that was good. No, I like that. Rejection is protection. Yeah. Uh, yes. Yeah, so human relationships, I have <laughs> come one. to believe they're pretty much the biggest thing in our life. Yeah. It's what we're constantly looking for. We're constantly want to improve on. We become so attached to that other person because they become a part of us. And so it's really like a death. And, you know, as humans too, it's like we are hard, hardwired for connection. We are connected to our mother, to our father. It's part of our survival to be connected. And especially, you know, in a family unit or a, a close relationship type of situation because of that mother-child bond from the right from the beginning. So mm-hmm. as we go into adulthood, we just like need this connection so bad that like, yeah. It's also because we grow so much and evolve so much and learn so much and open up so much and heal so much from our relationships. That's true. Sans relationship as well, because our relationships are so infused with this juice of life and our greatest mirrors and we're so attached to them, the absence of them or the mourning or death of a relationship is also equally, if not more, an incredible opportunity to heal what's arising from that death. What you're having to face, which you clearly want to run from if you're human, but in that facing of what's coming up, whether it's fear of being alone, fear of not being good enough, fear of men, whatever it is, that is your gateway to healing. Being able to move through that and come to the other end, being full and complete and whole as a solo, incredible person in the world. That's what we're aiming for. Yes. 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 Great. So embrace that breakup. Yes. <laughs> Sometimes when someone says they've broken up with so-and-so, I look at them and I'm like, wow, that's so exciting. And I really genuinely mean it. I know. Yeah. I, I'm like, wow, congratulations. You've got a whole new lease on life. Mm-hmm. You have a clean slate to rebuild. You, you're clear about you're probably closer to being clear on who you want to be with, who you don't want to be with, who you want to be in a relationship, who you don't want to be in a relationship. And you're getting closer to manifesting and calling in that life partner who holds you up and supports you being the best you and vice versa. Totally, totally, totally. So it's exciting. It's a whole new chapter at the end of a breakup. Oh man, I've had my fair share of bad breakups. I mean, you had sort of the poster child for this whole. um, (laughs) Oh yeah, like 
far extreme. Yeah. So why don't you just tell us a little bit about that and then we'll talk about it. Hmm. Okay. So where do I begin? Oh, excuse me if there's a couple of tears in this episode, but I'm going to get real and raw here. So the breakup that really shook my world uh, was the breakup with my twin flame and wah, wah. <laughs> the name that shall not be mentioned. We used to call him Voldemort. <laughs> Me and all my friends were like, I just could not hear his name. I would freak out just even at the vibration of his name in my space. I'd say, call him Voldemort. He's like the evil wizard of Harry Potter. Yeah, right? and that's yeah. who he who's really called he who cannot be named. So like oh, ironically you use his I name that. that you're not supposed to stay. But whatever. It's oh, cool. Oh, it's cool. Oops. Yeah. That's cool, that. but that's about how bad he was. That's <laughs> about how bad this guy was. Anyway, but really good because he gave me the greatest blessing. He pushed me to my dream life. Mm-hmm. He pushed me to LA. I pushed me out of that country. I mean, I pushed myself. But thanks to my ex- intense experience with him and connection with him, I pushed myself out of the country, out of my comfort zone, into a whole new life. Mm-hmm. He led me to my life partner. And you live a beautiful, vibrant life now. That's it. That was much healthier he and wholer than healing. what you were before, right? Yeah. Because before when you were with him, you were in a state of brokenness, really. Oh, totally. And now since that, you have completely healed. And you are at such a better place in your life that like, it was not possible to have been this happy when you were with him. That's 100% true. And so within that, I have finally, after many, many years of being tormented by this whole idea um, of him in my life and our time together and blah, 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 I can look back and go, oh, thank you. Like, thank goodness we came together. And to be honest, I'm kind of an extremist. I I wouldn't have it any other way. If I could go back and do it differently, I wouldn't. Because there were times where within that relationship, I've experienced feelings and things that I just can't imagine ever getting to that extreme again. There, mm. there, I felt to the depth of my core. I loved to the depth of my core. And I also experienced pain and heartbreak and delusion to the depth of my core. Mm. So I love extremes. <laughs> it gives me... It's such a wide range of range emotion and, and also experience. able to relate to other people mm-hmm. and understand myself and what I'm, my capacity to love and my capacity to hate and my capacity to go crazy and what works and what doesn't. And I don't know, I, I wouldn't do it differently. So I'm really grateful to have called in such an intense relationship. Mm-hmm. So, okay. So during that breakup, we were together for about three and a half years or so, three and a half, four years. Um, And just to give you a context of why the breakup was so extreme is because the relationship was so extreme. As I mentioned, he was my twin flame. If you don't know what we're talking about, check out our article or our podcast. Yeah. Twin flame. I'll link them both. Yeah. Jenna's good at linking. I'm I'm good at linking. And so. Making those connections. (laughs) Link, link. So we had a really intense relationship. It's that relationship where you're obsessed with each other. They walk out the room and you feel like your breath just escaped you. You can't imagine living without them, but living with them is torturous as well. They trigger you. They press all your buttons. There's this crazy chemistry between you two, but there's also a level of dysfunction that is just... Unsustainable. Yeah, it's unsustainable. So... 
that was the context of our relationship. I reached a point where I didn't recognize myself. I didn't like who I was. I'd lost a part of myself. And that's a key point here. I think that the relationships, and I mean, this isn't a rule, but this is just my opinion. I think that the relationships that are the hardest to make, to, to make it through the breakups are the ones which are completely rooted in codependency where they are so much a part of who we are. They are attached to our identity so deeply that when we lose them, we, we lose our sense of self. Now, can I interject here and ask you a question? Do you think that you were able to achieve that level of codependency because you were, as we said before, broken that at that time, that you had a void within you that allowed someone else to come in and fill that void because you were not whole within yourself and then you became uh, codependent? So if you think, or do you think that it can happen if you're like- No, I was pretty good when we met. Yeah, I was pretty good. I was Mm -hmm. really, I've always been so independent in my life. I've always been really happy alone. It's Mm -hmm. exciting for me to be single and alone Mm -hmm. because- I'm in control of my life. Well, so I think, but you know, I get to just indulge in those elements of listening to my music and having my bed to myself and dating and having different experiences with different people. And I'm not scared to be alone. So So you felt like really quite whole before you met him. uh, And then he took you to a level of relatively. Yeah. I was feeling pretty good. Um, I was dealing with some self-esteem issues because I was dealing with um, hormonal issues from my polycystic ovaries and I'd just been put on the pill. And so I definitely had some self-esteem issues because my skin was, I was trying to manage my outbreaks. And that can definitely be hard. Yeah. But generally I felt really strong and clear about what I was going to put up with and what I wasn't. And I was feeling good. So I I don't think I entered into it being a codependent relationship. I think that it evolved into a codependent relationship. So moving out of the relationship, I really struggled with, uh, I, I just didn't recognize the world around me because I had moved. He had a really established life. He was 11 years older than me and successful and had his home and had his business and had, I basically moved into his life. Mistake number one. <laughs> so in that, it's, it's really entrapment in that zone because you you come to believe that what's theirs is yours and so the house and the lifestyle and mm-hmm. you get you used know, to you, that yeah pretty fast you get used to that you get Especially used to each this other's guy was friends. really rich yeah but rich in the heart as well yeah not rich in the heart no yeah he was oh i thought no there are definitely i mean i there's parts of him which clearly i fell in love okay, with okay yeah yeah so i guess there was like passionate type parts no, I'm Jenna's like she, I see daggers shooting out of her eyes if I mention anything positive about my well, twin Well, just flame. because I just dislike this guy so thoroughly, I really I know, dislike but, him. But you know more than anyone that no one is is completely evil. No, no. I mean, everyone has light and dark within them. Well, everyone has a devil and an angel. Had to have had some good qualities for you to yes, have been wanting to be course, with him. Of course, incredible qualities, more incredible in him than in any human I've met. The goods, the things that were good about him. Are, I've never met another human that excel in that goodness like he did. I really, really? like, like what, yeah. like what, like oh one, one just one example. Give me one thing. 
just so adventurous and capable. Okay. And okay. he was like a James Bond to me. He could just do anything and was always, he loved nature and would be spontaneous and romantic and so many good things. All right, all right. But when, we're not here to like give to him, sing you his know, praises exactly. Right. So let me get back to it. So when I broke up with him, because our lives were so intertwined, I felt a death and I, I didn't understand the world as it was because there was nothing that was purely mine. Everything had been meshed up together. Right. And not only that, I, I had allowed myself to, to just, I, I don't know, to feel him within me. Like I, I knew that we had moved into a codependent relationship because we were affecting each other on such a deep level. Rather than going about our own lives and our own mission and coming together and, and supporting each other to have a sense of separation within our togetherness, it was the opposite. He wanted me to be needy. He wanted me to not have a life besides him. He wanted all of these things that would make me dependent on him and therefore the power game would would kind of be an element in that relationship. I was dependent on him, which made him feel powerful, right. which was my big downfall because moving away from that, I had to reestablish who I was in the world and every element of my life. It was so hard to... to leave him because I felt so deeply connected, not just on a life level, but on a, a soul level that I, I was just, I don't know, my, my soul felt broken that I had to, I discovered this that's connection. The twin that's the twin, that's a twin flame. flame. Just catch 22. Cause you feel yeah. so deeply connected, but you're just not going to have, it's not, gonna it's gonna not work. functional. It's not going to work. Yeah. And that, that, so that's that why this was hurts. the, the, yeah. the hardest breakup for mm-hmm. me. And so I was, I guess, the symptoms I had, the relationship breakup symptoms were just caught in a mind loop, just not totally hijacked by my negative mind. I could not break away from the negative mind loop of, I should have said this. Why did he say that? What did he mean? I wonder where he is. I wonder what he's doing. What does he mean by that text? Like, should I see him? Should I not see him? I really want to see him. But then he wins. But then I win. I was just completely completely consumed by how to manage the feelings that were being activated in me of total death and Mm -hmm. and destruction. Mm -hmm. And so also my environment, he was everywhere. Like everywhere I turned, someone was speaking about him or someone had just bumped into him or I couldn't, everywhere I went reminded me of him. It was my environment, I was in kind of a small kind of pocket of Sydney and I just, it, he was everywhere. Did you break up with him or did he break up with you in the end or was it like mutual? Uh, it was it was kind of like a slow burnout. There were some things he did which were just inexcusable. I mean, the things he did throughout the whole relationship where I look back, I'm like, that's inexcusable from week one. But he was so good at winning me back and profusely convincing me that he had changed and blah, blah, blah. Anyway, so basically, um, yeah, I I would say like I called it in the end, but it was almost like he was asking for it. You know, like the boundaries had just gone and it was just, just he knew that it wouldn't. Yeah, and he just knew that it wouldn't work like me. And so it's like, what's the point? So... Um, yeah, I just, 
God, it took me probably a good, so we were together for four years and it's the rule book kind of says that it takes you half the amount of time you were with that person to get them out of your auric field, to get them out of your energy and your mind and to get over the relationship. Yeah. Unless you do what I did, which is try avoid the feelings that are trying to be processed and ignore them, distract yourself from them, refuse to lean into them. And it just haunted me for years and years and years. Yeah, but probably because there was just never that sense of conclusion or... Yeah, there wasn't. There, um, there wasn't conclusion. Yeah. But within my own self, the, the feelings of heartbreak and the feelings of it didn't work out, that person who I thought was my person and knowing our deep connection, almost like we know like there won't be anyone else for each other as, as well as we are for each other on a level obviously not working on a life level, but on a soul level, that neither of us could quite let go. But it was the, 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 where I went wrong is that I wouldn't face the trauma. I just distracted myself from it. And therefore it lived within me for years and it carried it on. Manifest? Just, I couldn't get him out of my head. He would continue to reach out to me. Um, feeling connected, feeling him within me, did comparing you ever feel, people to him. Did you, you ever just want to get out of my space? And it was my own fault because I didn't face the heartbreak, the fear, and the love, any of it. Did you feel during this time that you wanted to get back together with him or that you were meant to get back together with him? No, I knew. Or you, you knew I it was knew over, but it was just in my heart of hearts, there is no way this relationship, this lifetime will ever work out. Right. There's just no way. And, and but yet it still haunted you because I feel yeah. like a lot of people are haunted by the feeling of like they still want to be with that person, you know, or they wish that they could I mean, still. I, I still want to, I mean, I guess there's a part of me that still wants to be with him if it was, if he was able to be if a you different could just see person. Face right now, you know, there, you, no, but if he was a different person yeah, a different in person. so many elements, yeah. sure, but he's not. No, he's not. You can't take the good bits. And ask them not to be the bad bits, yeah. then that's not the full person. So yeah. that was a trick question, Jenna. <laughs> no, I'm just curious because like, I just think it's interesting that someone would, ha- it would haunt you still, even after you knew that you These never wanted the to be with him These are the reasons why it haunted me. I did not find conclusion within my own heart. Mm-hmm. I did not lean into the trauma of the heartbreak. Mm-hmm. I avoided it because mm-hmm. I thought that was giving him power. That was his winning, him winning. If I felt sad or if I missed him or if I hated him or if I anything to do with him, he was winning. So I shut down and ignored it and it perpetuated so for years and can, years. Let me just ask for clarification so I'm really clear because just I'm curious. Um, when you say you ignored it, mm-hmm. does that mean you like went out and partied and pretended you weren't sad? No, it or means you that feel- I was walking through the day and I would get a overwhelming feeling of missing him and I refused to indulge in that feeling so what- and to let it pass through me. So the you- second I felt it or even a thought of him, I would shove it away and distract myself with a different thought or do something else. I would not allow that to breathe. Did which- you ever cry about it? Um, yeah, for sure. So sometimes, but most times I didn't allow myself to, Okay. if I felt that bubbling up, I would push it away. And this is what I, I wish I did this differently mm-hmm. because it means that I would have gotten over it sooner. So what do you think you could have done to have gotten it over, over it sooner? Moved into those feelings. And like, how would you have done that? 
I would have allowed myself to cry. I would have allowed myself to obsess over him for a day. I would have allowed myself to really miss him and feel that without trying to push it away and resenting the concept of missing him. Okay. I wouldn't be threatened and scared by these organic feelings that were wanting to live and and breathe and move through through me Mm -hmm. in order to be released. Right. So I was, I really perpetuated the, the kind of the hauntingness of this breakup. So, I mean, one thing that I think really helped was, so this, this is how, what helped me process and get over the breakup. I moved countries, which was great (laughs) because he, um, he was kind of in my space and always moving towards my space to move to America. Uh, no, you have to get a visa. So you had to get a visa? Yeah, I had to work out. I, I literally knew two people when I moved to America. Wow. I had to give up kind of the flow of work and career that was happening in Australia, which was going really well. And you, I had to give up my community, my family, everything. But you know what? All of it was worth it because in the state that I was, the brokenness that I was in, none of it was brought me joy and none of it was enough and I was so desperate to to find myself again and to get my power back is really what it's about that I would do anything anything so moving countries was a big one for me so I moved to America I somehow set myself up and a huge bonus in moving to LA was it's the mecca of self-development, which I loved. I just threw myself into every tool possible that would help me discover that sense of self and get myself love back and get me strong and healthy and positive and healed and whole again. Mm -hmm. I did Kundalini yoga religiously. I even did my traineeship course, loved it. Um, I, I jogged every day. I, I called in. I was very intentional. Now I, that I knew who I couldn't have in my sphere and who, what type of person didn't support me being my best, I was very intentional about the type of people I chose to have around me as my mirrors. All those people were very genuine and, and just strong and loving and um, on the kind of the healing self-development path just good, trustworthy people. Um, what else did I do? I did body work. I did ceremony work. I worked every element, every tool available to help me release and rebuild a sense of myself and find that healing. I did for years. And through that, I found, um, my, my husband, my now husband, Carrie, what year did you move to LA or to America? I was 27. How long ago is that? Yeah. Oh. It was before 2012, right? Mm, I don't know. You, yeah. You're better at the math. Yeah. Something like that. Okay. Well, whatever. I was just curious. Yeah. I'm trying to think about where I was when you were doing that. <laughs> so, yeah. What I, the blessing I've come out of really getting some distance in the situation, I can see the incredible blessing of him being a catalyst to my greatest healing. As you said before, was I broken when I first met him? There were wounds that were running my life to a degree. They weren't debilitating me to the point where I felt broken or not whole, but they still were there clearly because otherwise I wouldn't have called him in to activate them on a deeper level. Right. So I had wounds around men and trust from my father and my parents' relationship. 
And he happened to be super similar to my dad in a lot of ways, which could have been part of that deep connection. He felt familiar in a way. And so um, he activated all of the wounds that I needed to heal in order to attract a vibrational match of who I wanted to be. So he was the catalyst to really being clear on, wow, I have to really let go of that concept that I can't trust men. Otherwise I'm going to continue to attract it like I did in, in the lesson I can't ignore. So it sent me on my own healing path. And through that, I healed some of those broken belief systems to the greatest degree I can and I could. And once I came out on the other end of that, I attracted a different vibrational match someone who was far more in alignment with my belief systems, with my integrity and the type of person I want to be in the world and someone who I had, I admired on that level of, they were prepared to do the self-work. So yeah. and a lot, as I say, it led me to my dream life, really. Yeah, really. And just, you know, just talking about like codependency versus non-codependency because your current relationship is pretty healthy in that department, I'd say. Totally. So, we have no codependency no in our codependency. Life. Besides needing him to, you know, show me how to work through a TV remote, we're, pr- we're pretty remote. dependent. Yeah. <laughs> um, cool. Um, so how many horrible breakups have you been on, Jenna? Have you had? Well, you know, I haven't had, so Amber was in a like quite a long relationship with her twin flame and that was a horrible breakup. And, you know, I had had some shorter relationships before my husband, but none of them as long or intense as Amber's. So I definitely experienced breakups as well, but they were less, um, they were less life-altering. Yeah. Yeah. But I can relate. But still, so what, how did you... uh, so what were the symptoms of your breakup? Um, guilt, mind loops, like what was yeah, it? Yeah, for me, a lot of guilt, a lot of mind loops about like a lot of what did I do wrong kind of feelings. Like mm-hmm. what did I do wrong? Like I'm obviously a horrible, disgusting person since the person I like doesn't like me or whatever. Mm-hmm. And did you get the no one's going to love me as much like that? Well, I actually had a, a, lot, a mind loop of like I'm never going to find anyone. Yeah, that's you know? a big one. Yeah. I'm not good enough. I made a mistake. No one's going to love me or see me or adore me as much as that. I should have just like, I was too hard on them or whatever it may be. And yeah, I'm never going to find someone. Yeah. That was my big one because I just wanted, you know, divine union. I wanted a husband. I wanted a family so bad, you know, and I think when a lot of people are dating, it really is a turnoff in a sense for girls to like have feelings of like, oh, they want to find a husband and have a family. Like guys don't want to hear that. They just Mm want to like date and have fun. Mm -hmm. I'm not like that fun, you know, Mm -hmm. like I'm kind of like all business, no fun sort (laughs) sort of thing in life. So, I mean, that's why, that's why I'm friends with Amber because she's (laughs) so fun. Hey, hey. Um, But no, but seriously. And so so how long did it take you to process the breakup until you felt free of it? Um, the person that really affected me the most, um, and I'd say in college that I really felt like the most affected by, and it was the closest to what I could call a twin flame sort of situation. Um, that took a long time. And also maybe for the same reason as you, which is like, I didn't want to, I was pretending like I didn't care mm-hmm. as much as I did, mm-hmm. you know? And so how long? So how long were you with him? How long did it take for you to get over it? Well, see, because I'm, I mean, yeah, maybe something like the half amount of time. 
or I don't know, I wasn't with him for that long, you know, so that's the difference. Okay. And so why, what other aspects besides not like distracting yourself from the feelings coming up, what other aspects do you think didn't support you getting over it quicker? I mean, for me, it was this feeling of like, just in that case of just so much like soul connection, you know, Mm. that I really felt like at that point, like if, if this level of soul connection does not result in like a viable relationship, Mm -hmm. then like, I'm screwed. I'm screwed. (laughs) So you know what worked for me? I, I discovered that I was trying to fit in. So there's, I was trying to fit in my twin flame. He was, he was sitting on the twin flame seat, but I was trying to fit him into the life partner seat. Mm-hmm. And there's the best friend seat. There's the twin flame chemistry, crazy soul connection seat. And then there's a the life partner seat, mm-hmm. the more grounded, like healthy, sustainable love. Mm-hmm. And where I kept like hitting my head against the wall is because I felt so deeply connected. I, I was, I thought he has to be in that life partner mm-hmm. seat because that's what a life partner should feel. It's that once in a lifetime, deep knowing and connection and love for each other. And that's what I want for the rest of my life. But I didn't realize if I just accepted him to sit in that seat and that's where he belonged and that was his seat, mm. I would have been free from my totally. own torment of trying to fit a circle into a square that's and it. try to understand why he wasn't in that or why it didn't work. I would just accept, oh, he's just a twin flame. Totally. Like not just, but he's the twin flame. And that's the person I needed to activate me to the degree where I could call in the person who's suitable to be my life partner. Beautifully said. That's really important. Yeah, and so, we have an article about that, which is going to get linked by me, <laughs> the linker is. of things to the other things. And so what also worked for me, I don't know if you did this, but what were your ideas around boundaries when it came down to calling, texting and seeing each other? Well, it was just like no more. Okay. And did he respect though that rule? Oh, yeah. Great. I mean, it would more like I had to respect that rule. <laughs> That's great. So did you want to reach out to him and stay in touch? I felt or? more inclined to reach out, but I just, I also had pride, so I didn't want to. Okay, great. Yeah. So I I think that is something I don't know if he was having the same struggle, but I don't think he much reached out. Well, you know what? There's an interesting Kundalini yoga theory mm-hmm. where they say when you're being intimate with someone, you know, a man or a man is entering Well, I was woman. never intimate with this person. Oh, really? I never, no. Oh, wow. That's good. Yeah. See, I think that helps. I mean, once again, personal opinion could be different for everyone else, but I think that helps with getting over them because yeah. I think energetically you have their, their energy in your auric field because when a man enters a woman, the Kundalini kind of, you know, people Theory. say that when a man enters a woman, it takes, um, oh no, I'm going to get my numbers wrong here. Don't quote me on this. It takes something a like number of years, seven years for them to fully um, move out of your auric field. And there is an element of them living within you. And it's like I could feel him living within me. It's really, it's hard to find the words for, but I think if you don't sleep with them, maybe you don't have to work so hard to get them out of your auric field. True. But I mean, even at that point, I, I mean, I had never had sex because I didn't have sex till I was quite old. I mean, by today's standards, um, which was, 
if you want the number. Last week. <laughs> <laughs> no, I had a child four years ago, so clearly not. Four years ago. <laughs> uh, four, four years ago, nine months. <laughs> Just kidding. Um, no, but even, you know, like you, when you're um, not actually having a sexual relationship with someone, I don't know if you remember like maybe when you were a teenager or like a middle school, I don't know how long back you have to go to remember, but like, you know, before you have sex, you still have like a very... Was that a dig at me? <laughs> that yeah. just totally went over my head. <laughs> I don't I, know how long back you have to go. I have to go not too far not back. Not too far back. Okay. Not that, not back to middle school, but that basically, um, you know, you still have like connections and feelings and whatever, you know, it's, it's like, you don't need to have necessarily have sex to, to have those connections, but yeah. Yeah, I, no, I totally agree. I'm just saying I think it makes it, it, does harder, make it harder because you're connected on a ethereal level. You can't, you feel them rather than they're just caught up in your head. Yeah. You can almost feel them in your auric field. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I can't relate to that. Uh, did you, we didn't have social media back then when you broke up, we're going through this no, breakup, right? it was very interesting. I just like, just missed social media mm. with this. So there was none of that. Great. Yeah. I was in, social media had been birthed back in the day when I was going through this big breakup and I made my, of course, within the first couple of weeks, I'm just hooked to social media, following, stalking to see who, where, why, what's going on. But I saw that I was just taking myself down Mm -hmm. during this process and I just declared I was moving on. I didn't want to be in my own way and that I was making stern boundaries to support my healing. And I just completely banished myself. Still to this day, I've banished myself and don't even tempt myself with looking at social media with with that. No, no, I've never seen you ever. No, no, no. I wouldn't. I would never. So... No social media stalking, <laughs> big no no. Um, and I completely set a rule of no calling, texting, or seeing each other for at least the first, I don't know, six months or a year or however long it takes to feel moved on and not affected and like your whole life crumbles when you see that person. So I think boundaries are super important. Yeah. They're hard to stick to sometimes. Well, especially since, you know, in a lot of these relationships, you are going from a place where you had no boundaries and you were all like in a codependent, like a meshed relationship mm-hmm. to, to, to needing to establish like some type of separatedness. So boundaries are like crucial, I guess. Why do you think you called in that relationship that kind of was hard for you to move through the breakup? It's, re- it's very interesting. You know, now that you asked me and I'm really thinking back on it, um, it coincided with a lot of my spiritual awakening and a lot of the conversations and whatever that I had with this person um, sparked a lot of um, spiritual truth me too. in me. Me too. Yeah. It was my spiritual awakening too. Like yeah. The activation of there has to be something more and rising of the phoenix. I have no choice but to rebuild my entire belief system in life and sense of self. Well, see, for me, it was different because you rebuilt after. But for, for me, it was like his, he was part of my building. I saw him as so integral in like how I was seeing the whole picture come together that because he was, you know, that was the hard part for me. Got it. So you called him in to, to trigger, activate, activate your spiritual that. Yeah. And what's interesting path. is he wasn't at all spiritual. 
but he was very scientific. But it just so happened at this time that I was understanding that everything was energy. Before that, I didn't realize that everything was energy. And since he was so scientific, we would have conversations about physics and energy. And um, it was through that that I realized that everything was energy. Mm -hmm. And that was the beginning of my spiritual awakening. And since he had sparked that on me, and I always felt like that my truest partner and counterpoint would be someone very scientific, actually. Hmm. So that I felt like that he would be perfect since like, Mm. and then that was... See, here we go, attachments. Yep. See, you are attached to your life partner, the person sitting in that seat being XYZ, scientific... Mm -hmm. Tall, blonde, blue eyes, whatever it may be. Not blonde, not blue eyes, but yes, tall. (laughs) So those attachments to an idea can really trip us up. Yeah. And you know, it's funny because also just knowing my husband now and like very like physically similar, similar, like same type of height, same type of build, same hair color, same eye color. So I could see like I might've had a very strong intuitive vision of like you know, my husband being, and my husband is scientific and he is very enmeshed in my heart path. Like me, my heart path is dependent on my current husband. Right. So I already had all those feelings and I almost was like feeling like this person was that. You just, your higher self knew it was leading you closer. Yeah. It was because being with him, you're like, Oh yes, that's exactly what I do want in my life Mm -hmm. partner. I do want someone who's scientific, who's this, this, that, but I don't want that. Mm-hmm. I cannot live with that. Mm-hmm. So you become so, you refine your idea of your life partner and who you want to be in those relationships. Right. They're so valuable. Oh, I, all the relationships I've had have just been such a blessing leading me to the life I live now. Mm-hmm. They were all a stepping stone, no matter how hard it seemed at the time. Once I got perspective, I'm like, that's exactly how it needed to be at that time in my life. Yeah. And that's a good thing to keep in the back of your mind when you're going through a bad breakup. Look back at the relationships you've had in the past, which were also hard to get through and see, oh yeah, that person led me to this person and this person's going to lead me to to my person, like mm-hmm. my real person. So yeah, just understanding there's a bigger plan and purpose to it all. Have, you, have you ever met, have you ever had a relationship with someone who you've felt um, an unexplainable deeper connection that may be linked to a past life? Well, I mean, I think that's not what we're talking about when we're talking about the deep soul connection. Cause I think that, I think that about my, the, the, the guy that I was sort of talking about before that there had to have been some very deep past life. Actually, I happen to know what my past life connection might have been with that person. Ooh, tell us. It's very, very interesting. Actually, the, what the information I got on it when I focused in. So it's complicated, but if you want me to lay it out, I can. It's just a cliff notes. So the cliff notes is this. So this has happened in the 17th. By the way, this person is French, and I lived in France during this this time, and this all went down in France, okay? But in the past life that I, that I envisioned, when I asked myself, like, what is my connection with this person from a past life? And I saw it was, it, I was, it was in the 1700s. It was in France. I was a man. I was a scientist, but I was gay, and I was repressed repressed homosexual and I had myself like um in these little tiny shoes and I loved hats and I and there's just I wanted to be in the women's clothes but I couldn't and um so instead velvet purple hat with a feather coming out yeah well I do have a hat like that now so maybe that's what you're thinking okay sorry go on go on Um, and I was a scientist. Like I threw my my um my life force into science because I couldn't indulge in like being the true self that I wanted to be. Um, and in this life, in this vision, I saw him, I saw this guy, 
um, as a woman who wanted me really bad in that life and thought I was like the best, like I, I was his perfect match. I was her perfect match. Like the gay, me gay scientist back in that day, well, the, 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 they, she thought I was a perfect match, but of course I was gay and I didn't, I wasn't interested, you know? So that was our dynamic in that life. And it was almost like our karma in this life would be that I would be so interested and he, would, he wouldn't, you know? Was he gay? I did see him kiss a guy. There we go. Yep. I saw him kiss a guy. And he was very drunk at the time, but yes. But he still smooched. He still smooched Can't a guy. Go back on that. Never seen my husband do that. So, <laughs> yeah. Wow, that is complicated. Yeah. So, But it may help you make sense of your dynamic. It actually made me feel a lot better when I got to that. Do you know about your past life connection with your twin flame? Uh, I went to a, uh, one of the ways I tried to get closure on just trying to move him from what seat I thought he was going to go on and where he should have been to where he actually belonged, belonged was to go to a Vedic astrologer and their technology is mind blowing. It blew my head off where she took me in this Vedic astrology reading and I gave her his details and she um, she could see that we had many marriage charts together in previous lives. Mm-hmm. And that really helped me th- understand that I wasn't crazy, that I wasn't just, you know, kind of in my own head about um, the depth and level of our knowing mm-hmm. of each other, mm-hmm. that there was an unexplainable familiarity that now was explained and kind of makes sense. So that really helped me process that. And it helped me come to closure with it and realize, okay, cool. Because she t- revealed things about his chart and our chart together, which made me, which clarified all of my suspicions. So just a lot of marriage, like lifetimes together. Yeah, but that also traits of his where she's like, oh, it's going to be really hard for you guys to work it out in this lifetime mm. because he's here and you're here and there's just no way you're, you're going to sign up for a pretty miserable life if you try fit a circle into a square. Glad you didn't sign up for that life because yeah. we would not be here making we this podcast. We definitely would not. I would be totally brainwashed and not the person I am today. And you're such a lovely, wonderful person. <laughs> Thanks, Jenna. So, yeah, I think past lives do do play a part in it sometimes. If you're looking for clues and ways to find closure maybe look beyond the obvious and maybe there's some um you know bits of wisdom there that will help you mend your heart and and get them out of your mind so much um hmm what about this this poem what's up with that okay so here i ah here it is okay so going off my concept of coat like a how I know Carrie's my life partner is because besides being a very natural health between us, there is this also... This is her current husband. My current husband, about, by the way. <laughs> my um, future ex-husband. Jokes. No. <laughs> Cancel clear. Jenna, come on. You're going to get a bit more jokey. I know. I'm not, I just on. like, the jokes just go right over my I head. Know. And I'm Poor just like, Jenna. no, no. What Poor do you Jenna. mean? <laughs> I'm not funny. What can I say? Basically... Uh, I really came to understand that in order to have a functional relationship, I had to find wholeness within myself. So I wasn't seeking to fill any holes that were any brokenness within myself because that way you put unnecessary pressure on the other person 
and it, you become dependent and it just becomes toxic. There's too much, there's too much codependency. It's, it's never a good thing. So I, I discovered Kerry. I found Kerry, which was completely, we were actually really happy kind of dating, but not committing because we loved being single in the world, but we loved each other's company. And we were so happy in our singledom because we weren't looking to, um, fill, fill anything. Um, I was about to say a really dirty joke, there, <laughs> except that one hole. <laughs> Jenna, did you get that joke? I got that one. You got it? I got it. Wait a second. Do you know which hole I'm talking about there? Just joking that it was going to get really bad. I I did have to think about it when you asked. The ear hole. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> She's looking at me like, oh gosh, maybe I didn't get the joke. Oh geez, that was a joke. A joke within a joke. Did okay, you get that? No, yeah, I think you lost me at the first joke. Okay, all right. Jenna needs to practice on her. It's good. Hopefully, jokes. hopefully our <laughs> listeners got it. <laughs> Nose hole. Anyway. So I stumbled upon this, uh, this poet, speaking of poetry and rhymes and jokes, called Khalil Gibran. Um, many of you may know him. He's, he is just mind-blowing. He really changed a lot of concepts for me when I discovered his book, The Prophet. Well, and this is a very ancient book. Super ancient. Yeah. He was tapped in. He's got all this these like chapters. like Yeah, like way back. He, he, he wrote a, um, a poem f- to represent each area of life. So, um, so love, relationships, career, whatever it may be. Um, so the, I found this poem, which I'm going to speed through because I don't want to take up all our time on this, but it really, really speaks to the concept of what a healthy relationship is and what an empowering relationship is. And it's all about codependency. So sit down for this one, ladies and gents. Let there be spaces in your togetherness and let the winds of the heavens dance between you. Love one another but not make a bond of love. Let it rather be a moving sea between the shores of your souls. Fill each other's cup, but drink not from from one cup. Give one another of your bread, but eat not from the same loaf. Sing and dance together and be joyous, but let each other let each one of you be alone. Even as the strings of a lute are alone, though they quiver with the same music, give your hearts, but not into each other's keeping. For only the hand of life can contain your hearts and stand together, yet not too near together. For the pillars of the temple stand apart and the oak tree and the cypress grow not in each other's shadow. Deep. (laughs) So good. I love it. So wise. It is wise, yeah. (sighs) She's emotional right now. I really She has a tear in her eye. Yeah, I really do. It's good. It's good. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, great. So I guess it's all about keeping our power as humans, not giving our power away. And a lot of that is just finding that love within ourselves before we can truly give that authentic, powerful love to another. (sighs) It's just what it's all about, really. Okay, anything else, Jenna? No, good stuff. So, I mean, the only thing that I would just kind of want clarification on is like what are what tools are we offering to people to, as, you know, to help them with yeah, well, the horrible I, breakups? Well, if we're going to 
backtrack a little bit. If you're going through a breakup, the first thing, and this is just going how I learned the hard way not to do things and how I would do it again. God forbid, I hope I don't have to do it again. But I would get really clear on my deepest intuition coming from my heart of hearts when I was reaching the conclusion of whether to apply the work and continue the relationship or whether to break up. And I, the thing that was hard about my relationship breakup was that I knew in my heart of hearts that we needed to separate, but I was so, I was so, um, attached to a different outcome and attached to what my soul wanted and what I thought he was and the potential of who he is that I was in love with and, you know, all of that stuff. So I would really move forward with a breakup if I would follow that intuition no matter what, because if you don't, you're signing up for a life of torture. So follow your intuition. If something doesn't feel right, like go with that. Yeah. You know, those people, friends or family, whatever, who, you know, they're not meant to be together, but they're just ignoring their intuition and don't have the courage to press the reset button and start again. And they're just miserable. They're going against what they know to be true. So follow that intuition. I would then have try get closure. I would have face-to-face communication with that person and really have compassion and transparency about why it doesn't work for you and thanking them and try close things in a kind way because when things are left kind of in an ugly way, it's, it's really hard. hard to get over it. It's really hard to get over it. You're not serving yourself if you allow things to close in a bad way. That's the kind of stuff that also haunts you. And also, yeah, I agree. I was going to... Well, and transparency know. about each other's experience is really important because it offers that person an opportunity if they're willing to, to grow and to be different next time and to mend what's broken. Whereas if you just don't explain that and you just go, sorry, it doesn't work. Bye. What are you left with? You've, you kind of missed the opportunity for growth there. Perfectly said. Um, so once you have decided, I, the thing that took me down in that breakup is my inner dialogue, the, the, the inner critic. And I would definitely recommend figuring out ways to get on top of that. And you've got to figure out what works for you. Is it meditation? Is it exercise? Positive mantra. Positive mantra, positive people around you. Um, For me, what really worked in those times where I felt myself spiraling into a negative mind loop and obsession is to to divert my attention to the life I did want, to the husband that was waiting for me, the type of person they were, not what they weren't and, and all the things I didn't want and the trauma of that relationship. So once I got a really clear vision and feeling of what I did want my life to look like, who I wanted to look like. Manifestation podcast. Listen yeah. To listen to that <laughs> Who I wanted my husband to look like. I had something to move into, which lifted my spirits, which gave me hope, which realigned me into the direction that I wanted to be going rather than keeping me stuck and hijacked and captured by the stuff I was trying to move through. But you, the mind is such a tricky thing. It's hard to navigate it sometimes. But therapy, talking to friends, any way you can redirect your mind and understand it and be able to move it to 
create more of a positive direction for yourself, obviously the better. Another big, big, big sense of freedom I got only years later after this breakup, uh, actually after I did Landmark, was really understanding that nothing is personal. The thing that took me down so hard was taking it personally. I was so bamboozled and shocked that he could let the love that we had go because he was more committed to ways of being that didn't serve him than he was to fighting for our love. And, and I took that personally. I took, I interpreted that as not he's, he's broke. He's kind of got his own battles, but as I'm not good enough, I'm not strong enough. I'm not more beautiful. I'm not beautiful enough. There's someone else there that he's more, you know, in love with whatever. I made it about me. And that was a big mistake. That's really hard to get over. And that's a hard, it's hard to come to that conclusion though, and to really not take it personally. It's really hard to not take it personally, but nothing's ever personal. But it's not personal. Because we're all in our own experience and do landmark forum. And then you'll really get what I'm talking about. (laughs) You have the choice you, you can choose your perspective and you can choose, you'll get in that course that nothing in our reality is personal. It's all about the individual and their own experience and their own fears that they're projecting onto you. So that gave me a lot of freedom on the other end of that breakup. Um, establishing boundaries, as I said, no calling, texting, agreeing on boundaries and a, a, a good chunk of time to habitually get them out of your space because they're part of your family. They're part of your, 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 they're your limb. So you have to kind of cut the habit of always talking to them and calling them and waking up with them and t- whatever. You have to break that habit. They say, what, it's 40 days to make a new habit? That's what we said on, that's what we <laughs> said on another podcast. <laughs> well, we'll stick to it then. Um, and oh, what else? Those are good ones. Yeah. Just obviously unfollow on social media <laughs> yeah. duh. Uh, and move into an environment which supports your fresh beginnings. And your self-development. Yeah, exactly. So I, I don't know. That, that, that's, that's all great. I've got oh, for now. Good. That's really good oh, stuff. Another thing as well is meditation. Mm-hmm. I did a lot of meditation around um, releasing my twin flame and it involves, it's kind of similar to like the cord cutting meditation, but more detailed and tailored towards releasing that unignorable connection with that person that just won't leave you alone in your head. Like they're just, you're stuck with them. And I really, really got some relief from using this meditation. Whenever I started to feel anxiety or the mind loop coming along that didn't serve my healing, I would do this meditation. And I swear to you, he, he was calling and texting for six months solid every day and every night. And I wouldn't pick up And on the day I did this meditation, the next morning was the first morning in six months he didn't contact me. And I'm like, I totally just called in his higher self and explained to him why this won't work and forgive him and hug him and send him off. And he listened. There's Mm -hmm. a part of him that was with me and Mm -hmm. that got it Mm -hmm. for that day. That's a powerful meditation. It's super powerful. We're actually working on recording it for yeah. you guys mm-hmm. to have. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I think that's it. 
Mm, any resources I didn't cover that you've got, Jenna? I think you got a lot. I'm good. I think that, right. yeah, we're good. Also, just including your family and friends and being like, hey, I really need support with this. When I get on a tangent about it, just say to me, you're doing that thing again. Let's focus on what you do want or seeing a therapist or whatever it may be, because it's really tough on the family and friends as well. I know I nearly lost some friends. I probably did lose some friends over this whole breakup because I was so like caught up and obsessed with processing the whole thing that people just got over it. And they're like, if you can't get over this by now, I'm sick of it. I'm, I'm out. And maybe that was part of my spring clean. Maybe that was part of my reconfiguring my new life because those people dropped out and new people stepped in who represented where I wanted to move into. Yeah. And friends who like leave you when you're at your worst is not fun. Not good. Goodbye. I didn't like you anyway. Yeah. Okay. And also I just want to leave you with the point, self love to the max, because I really think that the, the level, the, the depth of pain one experiences in a breakup is probably very close to the level of self-love we have in that time that we're breaking up with that person. So if you can push your self-love to the max, you will feel your power coming back. You won't be scared about what life looks without them. You won't doubt that your true partner is waiting around the corner. You won't doubt anything. You'll just be like, oh, you will actually have trust in divine timing and divine purpose and be grateful for that experience and know that they're leading you to the person that you, you're going to spend the rest of your life with. Remember, there's always a one before the one. <gasps> wow, bum, bum, wow. <laughs> right. Nice. Great. Well, that's it. It's possible to get over breakups and to look back and say that was a blessing. Yes. And I believe that for each and every person. I just, I just pray for people to get over it sooner so it doesn't hijack your life. The sooner the better, just so you can move on and not have your energy siphoned by negative thoughts. And you can continue with your life mission and spreading the love and light and be a testament to the power of healing yourself and to looking inward and to having all the answers and to trusting your intuition and to trusting in divine guidance and be a testament to forgiveness and... Yeah, it's it takes a lot, but if you can actually do that, you're really fighting the the spiritual warfare on the light side. Totally. Um, do we have an invitation or challenge for our listeners? Yeah, I think that for our listeners, if there's a relationship in your life that seems to be haunting you, whether it's way over, like it's way out of its due date, like it's a ten years ago, or whether it's recent try reading in between the lines of that relationship and figuring out the real reason why you called them in. I know I called mine in to activate me into my spiritual path, to to call up the wounds that were subconsciously running, running the show that I needed to face and to lead me to my life partner. Mm-hmm. And Jenna had a similar experience. Mm-hmm. So work really hard on the wounds that that person has activated. And perhaps as you heal them, you will release that person from your heart. Try one of our suggestions. Perhaps try a cord cutting meditation or the meditation that we're going to release soon. Keep your eyes peeled for that. And that's it. 
Thank you so much for joining us. We really appreciate your support and your curiosity and your interest in looking deeper and healing yourself. Because as we all know, you heal yourself, you heal the future. Yep. (laughs) Lots of love. Have the best week ever. We'll fill you with us soon. Bye. Bye. Visit our website, themotherlovingfuture.com for more information. And please leave us a five-star review on iTunes if you like what you hear. We read every single review and comment, and we are so grateful for your support. See you next week.